How good? SDS episode 42. Only a couple more left for 2022. Next week, the week after, then she's all done. The fat lady has sung big fizz and she looks like a heck of a day today. So ready to bring the fizz and the energy to your Friday and get you up and about for another huge weekend of sport. In terms of off the field, mentioned last week was going to try settle in, have a quiet one. Didn't go down so well. In fact, just a couple hours later, was at the pub ripping into vessels. Then later that night, went out for dinner, started moving on to the old margs. And once you move on to the margaritas, you know she's going to be a big shift. Ended up in shy guy, run of the mill type stuff. Another big innings at the crease. Shit, am I looking forward to doing it all over again. Possibly tonight, if not tomorrow. Another big episode this week. Mentioned I wasn't going to talk the NRL and rugby until 2023, but shit. Went back to the drawing board, got the old clipboard out, thought about what really matters to me, and decided God's game needs to feature, as does the 15-man code. So we're going to run through a bit of news and a couple talking points in those two sports. Then we'll get into the weekly wrap. Plenty to cover off there. The break is hot to trot. Playing some grouse b-ball at at the moment, the Caps, they extended their undefeated streak, etc., etc. Then we'll finish her off with some punting, courtesy of the legends at the TAB. Should be another doozy. Really looking to bang her out today, so she should be all go, full noise, fuck it footy type of stuff. So strap in for the next 45 minutes or so. How good? Let's rip in. NRL and of course mentioned some news going down so I've done a bit of a summary for you and we're going to rip through them a couple talking points just so I can fire across my opinion and also keep you up to date with the happenings in the greatest game of all. Often the off season she's arguably the most busiest time of the year. Normally the boys have a few layer ups get on the rinse and cause a bit of mayhem. Not so much this year. She's more player transfer whispers and team news for 2023. So I'll put together six of the best, the big topics at the moment. The old set of six, you probably see what I've done there. Of course, rugby league consists of six tackle sets. So let's kick her off with the first one. Mitch Moses, rumours he could be heading to the Tigers. They're bloody keen on him for 2024, but they're trying to get him for 2023. Three, two, which is interesting stuff. The Bulldogs, they're also in the hunt for 2024. Old Gussie Gould, he loves sniffing out a new gig, finding blokes that are keen to head over their ways. And if the doggies get him, shit, would that be exciting? Pair him up with Matty Burden, your Viliami Kikows, Joshi Addo Cars. The doggies would be looking to do some humping with that type of lineup. But Moses to the Tigers, interesting stuff. Can't imagine them letting him go for 2023. That would be absolute mayhem for the Eels, and that would sound out the end of their season, you'd have to think. They did lose Reed Marnie, Maratania Kore, Isaiah Papali'i, so they're really down on troops, and they can't afford to lose the Lebanese Leopard either, so can't see that early release happening. 2024, though, you'd have to believe they're right in the mix. They should have some coin. Rumours are they're delaying offering Johnny Bateman a contract as well until they hear back from Mitch. So, Uppy Coruscant, that could be a real lure to it. Teaming up with Adam Dewey as well, his Lebanese teammate from the World Cup. Perhaps they really bonded, really hit their straps a big few nights on the rinse and they're keen to carry on that momentum. For me, this would push the Tigers up, certainly out of Wooden Spoon. You'd have to think they won't win that next year either. But it could really push them up into that kind of 8-10 to 10 bracket with a player like Mitch at the helm. So this will be interesting to see. You'd have to think the Tigers, probably have the most money out of all those teams so I'll be monitoring this one for sure where I'd like to see him go if he is going to leave I'd love to see him at the dogs mentioned those high caliber players there I think he could really unlock some of that talent and potential this team has and I think the game's just good when the Bulldogs are a strong side Moses Burden heck of a duo that would be bums on seat stuff the next one your second tackle Dylan Brown 
His fellow Harps teammate, of course, nine NRL clubs. They're keen on him for 2024 as well. So the teams are lining up to get the services of old dillbags, and you can see why. Still so young. Think he's only 22. Bloody good looking. Can do it all. Razzle dazzle deluxe. Ticks all the boxes on and off the field. So Parramatta are really going to have a fight on their hands to not only keep him, but also keep Mitch. She could be a very different looking eel side in a couple years time. Nine clubs in the mixer. Surely you'd have to think the Warriors are one. Would love to see him return home again. Those iconic scenes of him post that World Cup loss in the Warriors jersey. Shit, did that just look right. A proud Northland lad. Bring him back to Mount Smart. That would be huge. Maybe SJ. Perhaps he doesn't see himself playing in 2024 again. Not going to put words into his mouth. One of the club's great so he can make up that decision. But if he does decide to call time in the next couple years, teaming Dill Brown up with Tamari Martin. That would be lead and pencil stuff for me. Would love to see it again. The dogs, they're apparently sniffing around old Gus mentioned before. He's got a nose for it. No doubt a couple other loser clubs will chuck their hats in the ring as well. But surely the lure of Aotearoa and the land of the long white cloud brings him back to our shores. So Dillbags, if you're listening, son, you know the right call to make. Would love to see you back at Penrose where you can really run amok. Next up, fellow Eels player as well, Ryan Madison. He's trying to backflip on his decision post the grand final last year to take a three-game suspension over a four-grand fine and spoke about this at the time, mentioned it wasn't a smart decision and probably one that he would come to regret and it appears he's done so now. Thought with his wallet, not his head. Thought, four Gs, fuck that, I'll save that. That's a hissing trip to Bali in the off-season. Now the time has come though. He's realised he's going to miss the first three games. His teammates are probably spraying him. They're really off him. And what he's done now is give someone else an opportunity to cement themselves in his position. So he's trying to backflip on that decision. And for me, I hope the NRL stays strong on this one and say, look, Matt, oh, mate, you're a bit of an idiot head. You should have taken the four grand fine in the first place. For me, if they backflip on this, sets a pretty bad precedent. Wouldn't be surprised if they do, though. Crazier things have happened. Next up. Fox NRL, they released their forward pack rating. The Cowboys, they were sitting atop the number one ranked pack for 2023 on paper. The Panthers in sixth and James Fisher-Harris, he came out and said that was disrespectful and rightly so for me too. Any pack with him, Moses Leota, Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin, the fact that they are sitting in sixth, disrespectful. I do know they did lose Viliami, Kikau, etc. A couple other lads in the mixer there too. But shit, they're still stacked from 8 through to 13 and they're going to have a bloody handy rumour as well. They got Gardner from the Tigers. He's a quality footballer. For me, the biggest disrespect, of course, no surprise, was shown to the boys from Penrose. The men from Mount Smart ranked 15th into Fox League. I say a big up yours. You can say many things about the Waz if you're not a patriotic fan like myself, but one thing you can't question is the mana and mongrel in our forward pack. Adam Fanua, Blake, Tohu Harris, Joshy Curran, Murata, Nia Kore, Mitch Barnett. She's arguably our strongest pack we've fielded over the past few years. We're going to be big, we're going to be skillful, and we're going to be back fencing it all day long. So up yours to the team at Fox 15th. That's going to come back to hurt you. And hopefully Webster and the lads have this pinned up in the changing rooms as a real chip on the shoulder type stuff coming in with a point to prove. You love the underdog status, but 15th is an absolute joke. Only ahead of the Dolphins and the Dragons. Can't wait to make them eat their words. Speaking of Warriors as well, your fifth tackle, SJ, he's come out and said there's no excuses for the boys. The line has been drawn in the sand. We're ready to rip in. And Webster has also come out and said, Chance will be our one. Tamari Martin will be our six. Tohu at lock. And Dylan Walker will play the 14. An early call from the new coach, but I do rate it as well. And perhaps he's really looking to fire up those lads 
not mentioned there. Of course, you need some certainty around your spine and your lineup, and it appears Webster knows what he wants, and you love that from a coach. Tohu at lock, that's exciting for me. He's a bloody good ball player, and the more times he can get his hands on the ball, the better. He was wasted a bit just trucking nut in the propping jersey. Did a bloody good job at it, but that's not where he's best utilised. So I'm excited to see him as that link play, using his ball playing, but still punching holes. And that'll free up your likes of your Joshy Currens and that to play on an edge as well, which you love to see. Walker at 14, massive fan. Of course, that's where he's done his best work over the past couple years for the Manly Waringa. Seagulls, he'll add some real hiss off the Rimu. Tough scenes for guys like Freddie Lussack. But again, maybe it just lights a bit of fire under them and says, up yours, Webby. I'll prove to you we need you in the mixer. Tamari Martin at six. Bloody quality ball player, of course. He was playing fullback for the Broncos over the past year, but he has come out and said six is his preferred position. I think that's where he'll be best for us. No doubt Ronnie Volkman, Luke Metcalf will be nipping right at his heels. And then C&K in the one. Sign me up. The kid, he's home. He's back at his home club. Gets first crack at the one jersey he so badly wanted when he left our shores a few years ago. Been great for the Raiders up until Ricky decided to move on and give young Xavier a crack. Can't wait to see Chance bring the razzle-dazzle in 2023. So I rate this from Webby, of course, mentioned it could go both ways. Hopefully a few lads at preseason heard this statement and are really out to prove a point. The best thing about our team next year, we've got depth in all positions and a few guys will really be pushing to make their mark. So exciting times and I love this from SJ as well. No excuses. The lads are back and hopefully much like the breakers, you know, now they're back at home. They're really racking up some wins. Turned around last season poor results and they're sitting atop of the table fingers crossed that's in our future as well but you love to hear this type of talk from the lads early doors hopefully they can back it up with some results I have zero doubt that they will she's gonna be a big year and then your final tackle and probably the biggest talking point as of late is the origin rules eligibility review of course the great Peter Valandis he's come out and said they're gonna look into the origin eligibility rules and this has all come off the back of some more success at the World Cup alongside Tonga as well and them now being classified as tier one nations in the international game which means the likes of your Brian Tottles your Jerome Luai Stephen Crichton's if they want to play for Samoa at the international level, they're ineligible for state of origin, and that was never going to fly. The NRL needs to make these changes, and as a result, it could result in the likes of Yatamalolos playing for Queensland, Victor Radley being eligible again for New South Wales after playing for England. Not quite sure where I stand on this one. It does make it a bit of an NRL all-star type of vibe for me. But I think if you have lived in the country since, say, before 10 or whatever, then you should be able to represent them as well as represent your home nation. And I just want to see these island nations continue to be really strong at the international level. It's great for the game. We need international footy to be the cream of the crop and the biggest stage. So hopefully they come up with something like that where if you've lived in New South Wales or Queensland since a certain age, you're eligible to represent them in state of O despite your country that you play for at international level. Going to be interesting to see how it all washes out though. And no doubt there'll be some greats of the game that come out not happy with the results and the outcome either way. But up yours, Queensland. New South Wales, we're going to get the dub next year. 3-0 whitewash on the card. So that was your Rugby League set of six for this week. Hope you enjoyed that little switch up. A bit of current events there from me. Some grouse stuff. We'll run it back again next week and the week after to finish out your year of God's game. And shout out to the Wales lads as well. They continue to slog away, running their dicks off at pre-season at the moment. The chafe will well and truly be kicking in. There'll be some boys with some real niggles battling as well. She's a warm day today in particular, so keep grinding, lads. The fans love your work, and no doubt the hard work will show on the field come the first preseason game against the Tigers at Mount Smart. Bums on seat stuff, and can't wait to pummel those losers into the core of the earth.
Rugby union time now, and she's all done the international footy Aussie. They got the dub over Wales, their last game of the year. 39 points to 34, and what a comeback it was from them. The Welsh, they were leading by 21 with 20 minutes to go. Then they managed to fuck it. An absolute bed shit from them, and you'd have to think, maybe old Wayne Pivak, the Kiwi coach, he could be in trouble. Rumours the SOS call has gone out to one of the greats of Welsh coaching and Warren Gatland. Interesting to monitor that situation. They don't like losing. Of course, World Cup next year. Be a big time to make a change, but perhaps the writing's on the wall and they've realised they're not good enough. They really shouldn't have lost this game. And another big blow for them as well, Gareth Anscombe. He went out injured. Shoulder niggle. Hope he's okay. Of course, friend of the show. He's been battling a bit. Missed the last World Cup with a knee injury. Hopefully, a bit of surgery, a bit of rehab, and this one comes right for him would hate to see him miss another far cup quality footballer good bloke as well so rest up lad hope to see you back out there soon south africa they also pulled off a huge win against the northerners in england beating them 27 points to 13 at Twickenham, and this could be another coach in trouble, Eddie Jones. Does he last into the World Cup? Who bloody knows, of course. Razor rumours, they continue to grow, and for me, it would be a huge loss for New Zealand rugby, but it would also be kind of exciting to see Razor at the helm of this English side. It's whether they pull the trigger pre or post World Cup, another country that hates losing. They have very little tolerance for copping an L. They see themselves as the best side in the world. Fucking delusional in my eyes. But that's the kind of pedestal they hold themselves to. Be interesting to see how that unfolds off the little international off-season as well. Eddie, he looks stressed. Just a little fella. But shit, the old wrinkles are really showing up on his face. Bit of a coaching mastermind at times. But everyone said his shelf life off and expires quite quickly with these teams. He always seems to get them firing on all cylinders early doors when he first takes over at the helm. Then his effectiveness seems to wane the longer he's in the saddle. So perhaps that's happening to this English side. We soon shall see. Will they make the brave play? If there is one country that would between Wales or England, I think the English would probably pull the trigger first for me. They have a bit of a shorter temperament for this type of stuff. Interesting to see. Keep an eye on this one. Well done to South Africa. A bloody good win and playing some great footy. Also in your rugby chat, World Rugby, they've proposed another law change. Boy, do they love to tinker with the rules, these blokes. Even if it's not broken, they'll try fix it and they've come up with some genius play. Sat around a board table meeting, really hashed it out and come up with this idea that they think will change the game of rugby and make it more entertaining. And for me, it's bloody stupid. But anyway, here's the rule. She's a power play where the opposing team can nominate a player to sit out for 10 minutes of the game, effectively punishing that opposition player for being the best footy player on the paddock. And for me, this is madness. And of course, guys like Adi Savia, Richie Mwanga, they won't want this rule to come in at all because those will be the first type of blokes to take a seat. For me, you can't punish a guy for being the best player on the paddock. What a stitch up that is. You're having the game of your life. Then next thing you know, power play, off you go, mate. Go sit, cool down. You're running amok too much causing too much mayhem. Of course, if this rule was brought in at Clubland, wouldn't worry me. I'd never really get a seat. Just your perennial battler. But again, it just goes against the principles of the game. And I hate this one. But it is what it is. And I wouldn't be surprised if they bring it in and trial it, much like these other rules they have done recently. But off the back of that, I opened her up to Instagram, chucked up a story and said, fire through your best proposed rule changes for the game in 2023. Got sent through some doozies as well. Some pretty serious ones that are pretty valid. So we'll rip through a few of them. First one, reduce the amount of players to 13. Introduce a set amount of tackles per set and tries to four points. And quite a few of you sent this through as well. Sounds familiar. Sounds like the great game of rugby league. Don't think that'll happen, but it's fair to say the powers that be at World Rugby, they've certainly got their eye on the 13 man co. The board and the old goal line dropout etc so they're watching the great game 
looking to grab some inspiration. A few of you wanted rucks brought back in and that would sort out the chaos that goes on at the breakdown at the moment. Good old fashioned studs all over your body. That'll teach you a lesson. Then shot clocks and lineouts and scrums to increase the time of ball and play. Do like that. So many scrum resets, so much walking to lineouts. If there was a shot clock again, much like there is in rugby league for scrums, just speed things up, get a bit of tempo. The lads would have to jog there and execute quickly. Love to see it. I'm a fan of that one. You can't call not straight in lineouts if the opposition team doesn't compete. Yeah, this is one that really needs to change for me. So frustrating. You're hot on attack, five metres out. Your hooker doesn't throw it straight, but the other team doesn't jump. It shouldn't be deemed a throw not straight. How does the other team expect to win the ball and compete if they're not going up for the lineout? They shouldn't get rewarded for that, and the attacking side shouldn't get punished for it. They were never going to lose the ball. So it should be play on for me just brings in another stoppage to the game that's unnecessary and then your final serious one was a penalty shootout for tests again and of course they brought this in a few years ago then they seem to have got rid of it the old goal kicking comp when she's a draw at full time I agree I don't think international rugby there should be draws there should always be a winner or a loser at that level of code, so bring it back. For me, I'd love to see it though, the forwards have to go first. That would be big fizz, they always talk it up at training, the forwards. Seems to be a unanimous thing. Every bloke in jerseys 1-8 to eight think they can kick it through the sticks, so time to put their money where their mouth is when their pressure is at the highest. They can go first, you're more noted kickers at last. Rate that, and then a few of my favourite ones, and they're a bit more humorous, First up, we had one last try wins in the last 10 minutes regardless of the score. So this would be a power play. The captain can say, ding, 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 five minutes to go. I'm activating it. Last try wins. This would be massive. And you might see your Namibias, your Italys, etc. Georgia become real powerhouses of the game because you could be down by 70 up against the All Blacks. You think, fuck it. We've got the wood on them here. Nothing to lose. Power play, last try wins, try and bag a needy and get yourself some history. That would certainly make the end of games interesting and make you have to watch the full 80 minutes would be some nervous times. Next up, your team loses one point every time a halfback whinges to the ref. Of course, number nines and 21s noted for being very lippy, very moany and always having a fucking problem. I rate this. You hear them blasting through your TV sets every weekend. Some of them really don't shut up. Friend of the show, Bryn Hall, he's good for this as well. So I don't mind that. A few teams would probably end up negative points on the scoreboard, but they would certainly pay the price. Next, you can call a mark in your own 22 if you get the ball, one hand, one bounce. Of course, referring to the old famous backyard cricket rules there. Don't mind that. Someone tries to jam through a grubber, you scoop her up, she's a mark, and off you go. Whoever scores the try has to kick the conversion. This is an old classic and a basic for me. This should definitely be brought in. We've seen so many mall tries, so many low numbers dotting down. Make them kick the conversion. Really get it interesting, entertaining stuff. The number of toe hacks would go through the roof. The captain can sub out the ref, including the TMO, on a power play. So this is kind of flipping the one that's proposed by World Rugby where you can send off an opposition player. Fuck that. Ref having a shocker. Old Barnsey having a tough day. Off you go, mate. Sit down for a spell. Don't mind that. Ten minutes where you can put the forwards as backs and backs as forwards. Again, another classic. Every forward and every back thinks they could play that other role so well. I would love this. Should be absolute scenes. Myself, never played in the forward pack. Always back myself to be a bit of a flanker though. You know, you always think you could do a job there. Fact of the matter is, you get absolutely fucking smoked, but I'd love to see it. Couple props and hookers at 9 and 10 running the cutter. Sign me up for that. Next, if you get yellow carded, you can get back on by completing a yardie 
or you wait out the 10 minutes. Again, love this, yardy up, about nine or so beers I think go in there, bang it back, you come back into the mixer, you'll either be boozed or feeling crook as fuck, or else you can wait out the 10 minutes. You know, this really tests how much letting down the boys means to you. Are you willing them to be a man short during the game, or are you willing to feel crook as fuck, have a chunder, knock back nine beers, and then get back in the mixer fully steamed? Really rate that, and me personally, I'd be banging the yardie and looking to get back out there in no time. And then the final one that came through, and this was actually my suggestion, I call it a brawl for a mall. If you score off a rolling mall, which has happened so much these days, the opposition player who wears the same number as the try scorer has 10 seconds to decide whether they want to fight you for the try to count. And if the try scorer wins, then the try's awarded. If not, you lose the points off the scoreboard. She's a penalty to the defending team. And off we go again. How good would this be? We've seen it so much lately. Your Cody Taylor's Takiyahos topping the try count for the All Blacks. They grab a meaty off the back of a mall. Then next thing you know, Malcolm Marks from South Africa, he'd bloody biff them too. He says, fuck that. I'm activating the power play, let's square up. You get the best of both worlds. You get to see a try, then comes the entertainment. Biff's on, crowd really gets into it. She's a win-win situation and it really tests the balls of your teammate. If your hooker's not willing to lace up and dust them, he doesn't deserve to be wearing the jersey of his country in my box. So it might filter out a few of the cats from the game as well. Again, you'd love to see it, a brawl for them all. Let's bring it in. So World Rugby, if you're listening, there's bloody 10 to 15 suggestions of rules that go a lot better than the one you're proposing. Fingers crossed, a couple of those get brought in if they are to make any amendments. But for me, rugby's just kind of lost its way a little with all these rules. When I think of the footy at its finest, it was back in the early 2000s, super rugby. Shit, it was all go. Carlos Spencer, Joe Rokothoko, Doug Howlett and co. Christian Cullen just running amok. Rugby, so easy to understand there. For me, they've brought in way too many rules. You can't even keep track of these new rules and what's going down always changing the laws and interpretations. So back to basics, less is better if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Appears they're going to try and fix it anyway. We soon shall see. Not a big fan of the old send the opposition player off for 10 minutes power play. But again, watch this space and up yours, World Rugby. Time for the old weekly wrap now, the FIFA World Cup. She's humming on through. We're through to finals time almost. She's all going. There's been upsets galore throughout the pool stages. And for me, this is why the Football World Cup is so entertaining. You don't have to be a purist to get in behind it. And you get to see some of these smaller nations knock over the big dogs. And this tournament has really been evident of that. When you look at the teams getting through to the knockout stage, you got your Aussies, your Americas, your Senegals, teams you probably didn't expect to be in the mixer. And then missing out, you have some of the game's biggest nations and powerhouses, Germany. They were expected to be right up there. They were competition front runners to win the bloody thing. They're going home early doors. Uruguay, bloody good side. Belgium also stacked. They didn't make it. So you just love to see it. You never quite know heading into a game what the final result is going to be. And I'm bloody excited for these knockout stages. Of course, I've made it clear early doors. I'm backing England. So good to see them through. Hopefully they can dust up Senegal on Monday morning. Wouldn't be surprised if they make hard work of it though. The French, they're looking bloody sharp, put out their third string side and copped an L the other day, but don't be fooled by that result. They're firing on all cylinders. Aussie, great to see them. Only the second time they've ever made it through to the last 16. Unfortunately, they've booked a date with Messi's men. Argentina again on the Monday. So that could be tough stuff. But should Argies, they've already been upset once in this tournament. Perhaps that was the result they needed to wake them up and kick them into gear. But I'm sure the old Socceroos will be hoping they can repeat those heroics. And regardless, absolute scenes. There was a couple videos going around on social media of the 
the Aussie fans. 3.30 in the morning, all juiced up, giving it the biggins. You just love to see that, regardless of what you think of the sport, the fans, the passion, she's second to none. So hopefully we continue to see a few more upsets in this final 16, and we get to see some interesting battles in the quarterfinals and beyond. Currently, as it sits, my front runners, it'd have to be your French, your Brazil, Spain, England. Hardly bold predictions there from me, but they certainly look the goods. Would love to see the English go all the way. It's coming home, baby. But regardless, just the fanfare around them going through and the amount of passion and fizz their fans bring. That's bums on seats stuff. And I notice there's a few events going down around New Zealand as well. English supporters clubs starting to really get up and about about their chances. So if they get through the semis or whatnot, I might head along, get myself in the mix and delete a few Darren Froffiers and get in amongst it. Looks like a bloody good time. Onto the cricket, the Black Caps. Massive fizz, 1-0 series win over India. Get that, India. First of all, fuck the rain. Two games abandoned because of it. Cricket, such a weather-dependent sport. Nothing worse. You strap in, you turn on the telly, you get yourself ready for what should be a bloody good arvo. And evening of cricket, you've blocked out the next eight or so hours, ready to watch some nut on Remu action. It doesn't happen. The covers come on and off. She stops, start, and then the game gets called. Nothing more frustrating. But anyway, the one game we did play, we were well and truly all over them. Latham, Captain Kane, old steady the ship, put on a clinic, swinging the axe, racked up bloody good totals, both of them, and we got a dominant win which was huge fizz, and that extended our undefeated ODI win streak since early 2019. So we're up and about. We're still the number one ranked one-day side in the world. We get a little break now before we head over to Pakistan to take them on Test Match Cricket. 27th of December, not quite Boxing Day action, but can't wait for that as well. Dust off the white, strapping for five days of top-shelf action. Of course, the Boxing Day Test, Aussie versus South Africa will also be going on at the MCG. So that's two great games of test match cricket. Real purist type stuff. Five days, lock yourself in a room. Couple crates of booze. Tell the misso you've gone uncontactable. Turn off the phone. And hopefully the Caps can do a job over there at Pakistan. Shout out as well, Finn Allen. Mentioned last week he really needs to rise to the occasion. I actually had a dream about him last night where he blasted out a 50. Can't remember much from the dream to be fair, but I do recall seeing him raise the bat. Helmet's still on though, so I know it wasn't a century. Fingers crossed that's a sign of things to come. Maybe I am the Black Caps Oracle. We soon shall see. On to the breakers. Number one side in the NBL and you fucking love to see it. The lads are ripping and tearing at the moment and for me, this is the last week, the final call to get aboard the bandwagon. Breaker Nation, baby. The best basketball side in the world. Big win for them last night. Up against Melbourne. Put them to the sword down in Christchurch. The old Garden City dominant stuff. Good to see them taking a few games on the road as well. You love to see that. Next up tomorrow night taking on the Cairns Taipans at Spark Arena and then the following Thursday six days time from now. Actually heading along to this game myself they're taking on the Sydney Kings who of course last year's champs sitting in second at the moment. Top of the table clash big fizz if you're heading along and you see me there make sure you say hi think we're heading to a bar a bit earlier half price beers one of the lads reckons so could be full of steam can't wait to rip into that chant defense for the entirety of the game get those annoying little banger things they hand out to the crowd and make a lot of noise this side their defenses are excellent their imports have really shown up Bought in and they look like they have a great team culture. And then you still got a couple of the old dogs, the battlers, your Tom Abercrombies with the captain's armband draped across his left bicep. You love to see it. And shout out to the lads, of course, mentioned earlier, been away from home for a couple years, really struggled. Only a handful of wins last season. They've turned it around their back in front of their families and their fans and playing a bloody entertaining brand of basketball as well at the break show. The Black Sox, unfortunately, of course, the Softball World Cup going down at the moment out at Rosedale in Albany. 
in Auckland, not in the mixer for the finals. This is really disappointing, of course. Normally the Black Sox right up there in contention for a medal. Not to be this year, though. A couple disappointing results. Think we went down to the Argies and Cuba, which meant she was all she wrote for us. But shout out to them, though. Still played their hearts out. Have it on good authority. They're a young side that's really going to be building over the next few years, and they've been struggling for game time. Old time and saddle at an all-time low. COVID really fucked them. They didn't get much time out there on the old mound, the diamond, whatever other softball lingo you want to throw out there. So disappointing stuff. Perhaps to be expected, though, we forgive you. And no doubt the lads will come back firing again at the next World Cup. Bit of biff action on the weekend as well. Sunday morning, Tyson Fury taking on Chisora. Around 11.30am our time, I believe, that main fight is meant to get underway. Chisora paying 13s. The TM Biscuits give him no shot for a dub, and neither do I. The build-up, she's been pretty casual. It looks like it's just two mates lacing up the gloves for a bit of a biff and a bit of a payday. And speaking of payday, shout-out to Chisora. They've estimated he's going to earn about 10 million bucks New Zealand just for showing up when you combine the appearance fee with the pay-per-view. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, the biggest name in the sport. They reckon he'll bank around $45 million. Crazy stuff, especially when you consider how much the UFC fighters get. I think it was reported Izzy got 1.945 mil. That's big Bicky stuff. And well done to the Gypsy King. No doubt he'll bash Chisora. Give him some real brain cell depletion and I'm predicting a knockout. Then he'll find a way to blow that 45 mil. Bloke seems like a heck of a time. And no doubt he'll absolutely send it. NBA, she continues to roll quarter of a way through the season at the moment. Few guys coming back from injury over the next few days. Some star players too. Believe James Harden. He's meant to be back in the mixer early next week for the Philadelphia 76ers. Boy, do they need him back. Chris Middleton. He's also said he's going to play tomorrow. For the Bucks, massive addition for them. Shit, they've done well without him. Guys like Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis have really stood up. And this Milwaukee side is going to be a massive threat with Chris back in the mixer. We knew that all along. She's hardly breaking news. Giannis, arguably still the best player in the game. So excited to see old Chrissy Mids back in the mix. In terms of team news, Utah, we always knew this was going to happen. A massive fall from grace from them. They kicked off the season 10-3. and three. However, of recent, they've had a real slide. They've only won two of their last 10 games and they've gone from sitting first to sitting ninth in the West in the space of about a week or so. Tough times for them. It appears their grouse run of form has worn off. The league has really switched on and realised they need to play some good ball and can't underestimate them when they come up against the Jazz. The Celtics, on the other hand, best offense ever by the numbers. According to basketball reference, I think their offensive rating is about 121 or so. And if I'm not wrong, I could well be, but I think the previous next best was 118 from the Brooklyn Nets a couple years ago. So they're going all cylinders at the moment. Jason Tatum, what an absolute freak. I think he dropped 49 yesterday. Great to see. Another side just quietly overachieving, playing bloody good basketball, the Phoenix Suns. No Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, but that's not worrying them. Devin Booker shooting lights out. DeAndre Ayton really stepping up as well, starting the stat pad a little, and he's in my fantasy team. Paid big bucks for him in the salary as well, so I love to see that. In terms of today's games, well, actually, there's only the one game. Disappointing to see Dallas taking on Detroit. Hardly bums on seat stuff, although Luka Doncic, he'll always turn it on. So that could be a big watch. Full card tomorrow, though, as a result. Some huge games in there as well. Raptors taking on the Nets. Both sides coming in off losses. That should be good. Heat Celtics, they actually played yesterday, and she was bloody tight. So that's a good game to watch. Lakers-Bucks mentioned before. Middleton back in the mixer. Russell Westbrook actually playing good for the Lakers now too. Off the bench. 
hitting a couple buzzer beaters. He's got the old headband on. Headband Russ playing different at the moment. Nuggets, Hawks, that'll be a good matchup as well. Sixers, Grizzlies, Jamaran against Joel Embiid. Couple of the biggest names in the game. Pacers, Jazz, not bad. And then Bulls, Warriors to round her out. Golden State playing pretty good basketball at the moment now. Appears that they're almost all the way back. Did lose their last game, but they've got their record up to 500. They're currently sitting in the play-in, and I expect them to only kick on from there. So quarter of the way through the cream, she's starting to rise to the top now, and I expect her to only get more and more interesting as the season progresses. So strap in, should be another huge week of NBA action. You bloody love to see it. Entertainment Deluxe. And then over to the other American code, the NFL. Shit, she's all go there as well. Only five more rounds before we get through to finals. Footy, the Bengals, they appear to have timed their run perfectly. Got off to a rough start to start the year, of course. Lost the Super Bowl last year, so many were high on their chances to get back there again this year. Joe Burrow, he's really started to turn it on. T Higgins has been insane for them without Jamar Chase. And I believe they get Chase and Mixon. They're running back, back this weekend. So look out for them. I expect them to go on a big run. They're taking on KC on Monday morning, 10.25 on ESPN. That's a televised game. That should be a doozy. Bengals at home will really get to see what they're about. If they can beat Mahomes and co., which they have done over the past few matchups, they appear to have the wood on them, then they could potentially leapfrog the Bills up into fifth position, which would be great to see. Green Bay, she's tough times for them. Another L on the weekend. Aaron Rodgers also picked up a bit of a niggle. Rumours now they might look to move him on. Jordan Love came into the game for him and was lights out, throwing some darts. Threw for a touchdown, six for nine completions for 113 yards and looked every bit like a starting QB. Interested to see how they play this out. Did they look to trade the back-to-back reigning MVP? They just signed him on a massive deal, but it appears maybe he's just not the right fit for them now. And saying that, though, I back him. He is one of the game's greats. If he does miss some time with injury, maybe they just pack it in for the rest of this season. Excuse the pun with the Packers and packing it in there. Some of my best work, but maybe they call it for this year and look to start fresh again next year do they look to move them on? It'd be a bloody big trade piece. We soon shall see. Other big league news to Sean Watson. He is back for the Browns this weekend, taking on his old side as well in the Houston Texans. You'd have to think maybe the NFL, they teed this one up when they handed out the old 12-game suspension. They probably looked at the schedule and said, let's bring back to Sean in Houston against his old side. That'll get huge television numbers. Browns, of course, they are my team so I am biased. They're currently sitting in a piss poor 13th in the AFC but they're not that far out of it and if they have a few big wins over the next couple weeks they could really play themselves into playoff contention and it's not unthinkable if Deshaun can be Deshaun then they should get a couple wins. It really depends how he looks this week though. They should pump the Texans but of course old mate hasn't played in a very long time fresh off knee surgery and then this latest scandal. So we soon shall see and we'll know next week if the Browns are playoff contenders so some huge games this weekend plenty to cast the eye over today we have a doozy Bills taking on the Patriots the Bills haven't quite looked themselves over the past couple weeks Joshy Allen struggling with a bit of an elbow injury Patriots look good last week Mac Jones really lit it up so let's see if they can turn it on at home and pull off the upset never ride off New England and Bill Belichick so I expect that to be a good game other big matchups Eagles and the Titans, Justin Fields taking on King Henry on your Monday morning 7am, that'll be a goodie Dolphins Niners huge game there, Tua taking on Jimmy Garoppolo and co that's in San Fran and I noticed they're quite clear favourites as well but Miami, they're undefeated when Tua starts and finishes the game, so it could be one to pick up at some good odds there Chiefs Bengals following that, of course mentioned that'll be a good game to watch Bums on seats, Colts, Cowboys, another doozy. And then on your Tuesday, your featured game, Saints, Buccaneers. So some massive matchups with potentially big playoff implications as well. So should be 
another grouse week of footy. So plenty to cast the eye over this weekend in the sporting world. Hopefully some of that ticks your boxes. And that was the weekly wrap for this week. Time for your weekly fix of punting chat, of course, brought to you by the legends at the TAB, the home of sport and racing punting in New Zealand. And the big event going on at the moment, of course, in the TAB world is the Football World Cup. They've got promos galore, the main one being if you place a pre-match head-to-head bet on either team to win and it ends in a draw, they'll refund your bet back up to 50 bucks as a bonus bet. And come finals footy, the games are really expected to tighten up. So this is a grouse option. If you like your side to win, they draw it up though at the end of regular time, then you'll get your money back as a bonus. A little double chance to come away and make sure you don't lose your hard-earned cash. Currently, I think Spain are actually losing to Japan at the moment. And Japan went in a seven-buck long shot. So there's some real money to be made on the upsets as well if you see yourself as a bit of a football expert but looking ahead to the round of 16 unfortunately I don't think the odds are up at the moment she's too early and not all sides have advanced so I don't think they can make the books at time of recording but looking at some outrights for a bit of an update for you golden boot this is interesting Kylian Mbappe he's the current favorite at $4.20 of course he's tied at the top at the moment alongside Marcus Rashford Valencia from Ecuador you'd have to think he'll get overtaken and Gakpo from the Netherlands He's still in the mixer, so he could carry on, but I don't see the Netherlands going deep into the tournament. But back to it, Mbappe, $4.20, Morata from Spain, he's at 11 bucks. Lionel Messi at $7.50, and Rashford at 11 Not the worst shout if you're chasing a bit of a long shot option. And saying that, though, Southgate hasn't really been starting him. He's been coming off the Rimu, scored two blinders in the big 3-0 win over Wales, though, so that makes the goal count look a bit better for him. My standout here is still in Mbappe at $4.20. I think the French could go all the way. And he is the bloke out front, banging them into the back of the net. And then if you still like Messi, you're still high on the Argentinians, which I know a lot of people are. $7.50 for the GOAT. That's pretty grouse money. And if they can wake their way through to the final, then he will be right up the top there. And also, if you think they could pump Aussie, which hopefully they don't, then maybe the GOAT bags two or three and pushes him right up to the top. He's only one goal behind, sitting on two currently. So well and truly in the mix. In terms of your other outrights, Brazil, they're currently the favourite to win the competition still. We'll play their final pool game tomorrow against Cameroon, but they've done it pretty easy so far. Two from two with a goal differential of plus three. They've put aside Serbia and Switzerland, so you'd have to think they won't have trouble with Cameroon. Maybe they won't play their strongest lineup and things could be a little closer, but they're well and truly a title threat and looking every bit the real deal. Next up, Argentina, 5.50. The French at six bucks again. Thinking of jumping in on that. And then Spain, England, and Portugal round out your top six. England at 10 bucks. It's a real patriotic bet there for me. Of course, mention again that I am backing them to bring it home. Worth a cheeky little fiver and get behind the lads. But again, I do like the French. Six bucks. You could roll those two into each other. The French into Mbappe. Argentina into Messi. Rashford into England would be some huge payouts. But keep your eye on the odds as they pop up for that round of 16. And again, there could be some real upsets coming up. There's also some grouse power plays you can get in on the mixer around the soccer. So make sure you log on to the TAB app or website prior to kickoff. There's some good ones around how many corners there'll be in a game. It doesn't have to all be on the result. And you can find yourself taking home some pretty nice cash off the back of those power plays. Makes the game more interesting too. All of a sudden you're cheering home corners, yellow cards, etc. Real degenerate stuff, but you absolutely 
Love to see it. Next up, the basketball, of course, mentioned today. Just the one game in the land of the NBA. Pistons taking on the Mavericks. Dallas, big favourites as well, as expected. $1.28 to get the win. Pistons, three fifty. The line, she's eight points. The over, under, two twenty. Of course, Detroit, they're really struggling. No Kay Cunningham. He's out for an undetermined period of time still. Luca and the Mavs playing some decent footy. You'd have to say Luca's really really carrying them, but in Didwitty and Christian Wood, they have a couple nice backup options there as well, Dallas should be too strong, Luca could put on a clinic, but be careful betting on him for your individual stats, she could be a blowout, and if that's the case, Luca might sit early doors, in terms of tomorrow's games though, mentioned there's some big matchup, Hawks at home against the Denver Nuggets, Hawks favourite dollar eighty, Denver dollar ninety seven. Never bet against the Joker in my books, but you never know. Brooklyn dollar seventy, Toronto two eleven. The line two and a half. The Raptors they got blown out yesterday. I expect them to bounce back in a major way though, and I think Siakam and Co will be better. I wouldn't mind having a cheeky go on the Raptors there. Maybe even jump on the line just to be safe. Two dollars eleven for them. Head to head, not a bad shout. Grizzlies, clear favourites over the 76ers and deservedly so. It's not expected Harden will be back for this game. So $1.25 for Memphis, $2.65 for the Sixers. Utah taking on the Pacers. Pacers paying big, $2.25. Utah at home, $1.49 favourites. The Pacers, they're currently sitting in fourth. And I again think they're being underestimated. The line is four and a half. I'd jump on that and get around Indiana. And then another one to look at, and I think this is Overs Hornets. They're at home. They're taking on the Wizards, though, who are playing some bloody good b-ball. Wizards favourites, but they're paying $1.66. Not a bad shout there, and a good little leg to add to the multi. So I think there's some real value to be had in tomorrow's games on the head-to-head and point start markets. And once those individual player options come up and the power plays as well, again, make sure to jump on and check them out. There's often some great finds in there. Betting on the individual player stats, she's bloody good fun as well. And you can really fill out a nice little multi, get yourself some ticks on some realistic options as well. You know, your Pascal Siakam, six plus rebounds. Tyrese Halliburton, 10 plus assists. Joker, eight plus assists. And Pazingas. 8 plus rebounds, that's a cheeky little one you could throw in the mix for tomorrow without seeing the odds yet, and hopefully win yourself some cash, and again, something fun to ride out throughout your NBA action on your Saturday Arvo. Heading over to the NFL, big game on the cards today, mentioned Buffalo taking on the Patriots in New England, Buffalo $1.47 favourite, Pats $2.55, the line, she's 3.5, the over-under, 43 and a half, never right off the pats, and they're paying good money as well. So if you're a diehard Bill Belichick fan, you believe he can pull something out the bag against Josh Allen and go, then you can have a look at that. In terms of some power plays, ones that stand out for me, Stefan Diggs, 40 plus receiving yards in each half at $3.30. Of course, he's Allen's main target, an absolute superstar of the game, one of the best receivers to lace it up. $3.30, not the worst shout there. And if you want a real long shot, both teams to score points in all four quarters paying $13. That can be as easy as a field goal each. I think both sides, quality offenses, good defenses as well though. But that's not all that unrealistic at 13. It's not easy to score points in every quarter, but this could be a high scoring game. It's in terms of your other games on Monday, just looking for some jam for you. Ravens will beat the Broncos and do so fairly comfortable so if you're a Baltimore fan get in on that I like the Lions to beat the Jaguars at home in Detroit Jacksonville just so up and down and I like what I've seen from the Lions over the past couple weeks they're paying $1.85 the line is only 1.2 so there could be some real jam for you there if you like me Think that Detroit should get the win. San Fran taking on Miami. Touched on this game earlier. Mentioned that the Niners were clear favourites. $1.36. Miami $2.55. The line. She's three and a half. That's not a bad shout. Jumping on that line there and getting behind Miami again. Undefeated when Tua starts and finishes the game. And the other game I like the odds of. Bengals taking on KC. KC favourites. $1.72. It's in Cincinnati. Bengals paying $2.03. 
three cents the line. She's two and a half. So much like me, the TAB expect this one to be close. I'm going to jump on the Bengals. They've had the wood over KC over the past couple of weeks. And if those guys lace up, as expected, this should be a heck of a game. So some real doozy matchups there in the NFL. Get in and around that there. And remember, the old American sport mega multi-buster. This applies to your NBA and your NFL. If you place a four-plus leg American sport multi and one leg misses, you'll get your money refunded back as a bonus bet up to 50 bucks. Six legs, you want to go the big lift. Two legs misses, you'll get your money back in eight legs. If you're chasing the old mortgage repayment, chucking the house on it, then you can miss by three legs and get your money back as a bonus bet as well. So that's some grouse little insurance for you there if you want to have a flutter on the NBA or NFL action this weekend. Jumping over to the boxing mentioned before, Chisora, a massive outsider in his clash against Fury. 13 bucks for Chisora, $1.02 for Tyson Fury, the draw paying 36. There's not much point getting on Fury in your head-to-head markets, but if you do like him by KO, TKO, $1.29, not the worst little leg to chuck in your multi-mix. Points or decision? Think Chisora can go all the way, but lose. At the end of the 12 rounds, that's paying 4 bucks. Chisora to win. Points or decision? 36 is knockout. 21 bucks. For me, the power plays is where it's at, though, and one really tickles my fancy. Mentioned it on George FM this morning, but I think she should be a winner, hopefully, paying two bucks. Derek Chisora to be knocked down two or more times. I think this is going to happen. Fury will be all over them. He's got heavy hands. He can throw them. And shit, when he hurts you, boy, does it hurt. So I don't think Chisora is going to be able to go the distance. I think Fury will knock him out, and I think he'll drop him more than twice. The ref will give him a chance to get back up in the mixer, and eventually he won't be able to withstand the count and will succumb to a loss. $2, not the worst option there for something I think should come in. Your other options to look at, Fury to win in rounds 1-3 to three or 10-12, to 12, paying 3 bucks. Or if you like a bit of an upset, you think Fury could be knocked down but still win. Him to be knocked down in rounds 1-6, to six, $5.50, not the worst shout. Again, though, can't see this going any other way than Fury by knockout. So I'll be getting on Chisora, knocked down two or more times at two bucks. Why not? Also forgot to mention the old Rugby Sevens, the Dubai leg going down this weekend. The Kiwis, we've named a strong side heading into the tournament and we're currently sitting tied second for your outright winner markets. Fiji, deservedly the favourites at three bucks. New Zealand, 450, tied with South Africa at 450 as well. Then it drops down to the Aussies, Argies, Samoa, France and Ireland who have really become a powerhouse in Sevens. They're really up there game USA coming up the trail in 31s and Great Britain in 41s used to be right up there in the mixer not to be anymore believe this gets underway today actually tonight we're taking on Argentina in the first of our pool round games we're paying $1.66 Argy's $2.37 so lock us in to win that game kick off the Dubai series leg with a bit of a dub Fiji taking on Uruguay that'll be a cricket score Fiji a dollar one, no point looking there. Aussie taking on Kenya, South Africa taking on Great Britain, all clear favourites. So for me, the New Zealand Argentina game is the one to get on tonight. Otherwise, you go to the outrights, and you best believe I'll be back in the Kiwi lads to come away with the dub. She's the only option in my book. So get around it. And then we'll finish her off. Touched on the NBA before. Forgot about the NBA, of course. Break a nation, baby. We are well aboard the bandwagon. The lads, they're taking on the Perth Wildcats tomorrow night. Tough trip coming over from Perth. So I expect our lads to be too strong at home. Spark Arena paying $1.47. Perth $2.55. The line, she's minus four and a half. The total over 173. Of course, the breakers, their wins have been off the back of lockdown defense. Our games often aren't the highest of scoring affairs. So I'm going to back the break show. I'm going to go the minus four and a half line. I think we'll do a number on the Wildcats and she'll be dubs again for our boys, the mighty breakers. Get around them, chuck them in your multis and fingers crossed they 
can come through. So I've cooked up a little five-legger for your Magic Multi this weekend. She's a real smorgasbord, a bit of everything, a couple games of b-ball, some sevens, some boxing, and some NFL. Start with the b-ball, paces to beat the Jazz tomorrow, $2.55. Get it in the mixer. Also, breakers to beat the Wildcats, as mentioned just before, minus four and a half at $1.87. New Zealand to beat Argentina in the sevens tonight. $1.66. Derek Chisora to be knocked down two or more times against Fury. Two bucks. And then the Bengals upset at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Also paying two bucks. Five-legger, $33.13. Cheeky tenor on it, $321.37. Magic multi, baby. I'm wearing my TAB socks as we speak. They're my lucky punting socks. I've been down on luck lately. A bit of a form slump. I have to be the first to admit it and put my hand up. But that's often the first step to rewriting the wrongs. Acknowledging you're down in the dumps at the moment, but you best believe your boy's going to bounce back. And it starts this week. Up the magic multi and get up those five legs. How good is a cheeky little win at the TAB? Right, that's all we have time for this week. Hope you enjoyed the episode. As mentioned, on the downhill stretch now for 2022, not long to go before we wrap her up for the off-season of ripping and tearing and then look to kick off 2023 with a bang, mid to late Jan. Haven't quite decided when we're bringing her back. Enjoy your weekend of sport. Get out there and amongst it. Support your local teams if they're playing. Shout out to the North Shore Tigers actually in the AFL. Not a sport off often talked about on here by me or in New Zealand in general. They've got their final of the Auckland comp out at North Harbour Stadium tomorrow. So hopefully they pump those losers into the earth. Shout out to Suku and the lads. Go get the dub. And as always, I'll see you here same time, same place next week for your weekly fix of sporting chat. Hopefully we'll be talking about a winning multi and some more grouse action that went on over the weekend go well stay safe treat yourself and enjoy the silly season that was silly talk sport how good